What's up, everybody? Welcome into Pace the Nation, broadcasting back here in your nation's capital on M Street here in the Podville Media Studios. I'm your host, Chris Farley, back again for another great episode of Pace the Nation. Alongside me, my very still pregnant wife, Julie Cully. Julie? This is just so. what's defined me in my life <laughs> I know, now. I, know. Like, I don't even know how I'm going to be introduced. How many, how many days are we are a final countdown as we... Let me see what day we're on July 28th as we sit here recording. So we are, I should know this, uh, 13, 13 days, days out, away. August yeah, 10th. There okay, we go. So 13 days. You. Yep. 13 okay. days out. How are you feeling? Oh, I feel so great. Yeah. Our okay. air conditioning's broken three times yep. in the last week. Mm-hmm. It's been fantastic. Yeah, that's been great. But yeah. we're back up and running the air conditioning. Yeah. So that's good. We are back recording today. Excited about our show today. A friend of yours, a former athlete of yours, is going to join us today on the show, Josette Norris, who has absolutely been on fire. She's going to join us today on Pace the Nation. She is a professional runner for the Reebok Boston Track Club that is down there in Charlottesville and a former Georgetown athlete of just a couple of years ago. So really excited to have Josette Norris on the program. So we'll get to her in just a moment. But before we do it, can there ever be a smooth way to get to the studios and make this podcast happen. I mean, it's nothing to do with Podville Media. It's all on us, or maybe I should take most of the responsibility. I'm push that on you a little bit <laughs> yeah. here. So I had a call rescheduled. We were recording at 10 this morning. I had a call that was scheduled for 10. You had to push back a meeting. We had to push Josette back to 1045. We didn't start recording until 11, 11 yeah. I had this very important meeting that I took in the offices here, which was great. But the problem was you had to drive separately. I had to drive separately, which left our au pair without a car to pick up our children, to pick up the kids. Yeah. You know, I think our audience is going to be really shocked by this. But Chris Farley does not check his schedule before <laughs> he wakes up in the morning. So like he checks his schedule when he first wakes up, mm-hmm. he looks at his phone. And that's when the chaos ensues, right? <laughs> so it's not like he ends the day before and says, okay, this is what my day's going to yep. look like. I'm going to talk to Julie about it. Let's figure out what the schedule is. All of a sudden, we're in the morning, yep. right? First, I have not had a cup of coffee. And we have a really funny running joke. That, oh, like, it's not funny. You don't think it's funny at all. He starts barking at me about the schedule. I haven't even gotten out of bed yet. Yeah. Yep. And I'm like, I just need a sip of coffee. <laughs> Before we start talking about your schedule. And he's like, I need you to take the children to school. I've got all these things to do. I have to prepare, blah, 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 blah. And I'm looking at him like, I have an ultrasound in 20 minutes. You got a doctor's appointment. Like, you haven't even been to the doctor with me. This is baby number three, okay? So all of you have had multiple babies know what this is like. First time around, the the husband or the partner is at all the appointments. (laughs) Yeah. By the time you hit baby number three, he has no idea. (laughs) No idea. He's like, when is the baby coming? (laughs) I just said that. I'm going to actually like message your staff and be like, hi, just a reminder, (laughs) I'm pregnant. The baby is due on this date. Yes, correct. Can we have at least 48 hours <laughs> to like correct. have the child in okay. peace and quiet? We've... That's the thing I think people need to remember about Chris Farley and are not shocked by <laughs> yeah. at all. He has no idea what's coming down the pipe. Zero. I'm always surprised. And he doesn't even keep his schedules. <laughs> I don't even know how. Like, I live by yeah. my calendar. <laughs> I know. 
You have this like uh, thing that's happening up in your brain. All right. <laughs> Very well said. So the solution was, all right, so here's what's happening. So we the get solution out. <laughs> was chaos. So the right? solution I'm was. I'm thankful the children made it to school. Yes, they did camp. make school. Yep. And there is a solution for them yep. to be picked so they, up from camp. What happened in so, between doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. So everybody's good. So right now we had to order an Uber from the studios here in D.C. for our au pair, our au pair, just so the audience knows and is comfortable with the end result here. So the Uber picked up our au pair, took her to the kids' camp, so she was able to pick them up. Fortunately, there's a nice establishment across the street that they're going to go to for lunch. So they're probably sitting at lunch right now enjoying, I don't know, a chicken sandwich. An ice cream sundae. <laughs> probably an ice cream sundae. All that people need to know is that A, the children are okay. Yeah. B, Julie's not walking home. Yeah. And whatever happens to you is fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. With that, we're going to transition. I don't know how we're going to do it. But next up, excited to be joined on the phone and Zoom. It's our next guest, friend of the show. Professional runner for the Reebok Boston Track Club, Gisette Norris, joins us next here on Pace the Nation. All right, welcome back to the program. And now, Julie, we are excited to be joined by one of your, I'll say one of your close personal friends, used Aww. to coach her. Are we friends, Gisette? And well, let's, <laughs> Maybe let's, now bring her, we are. let's bring her in. Josette Norris, professional runner for the Reebok Boston Track Club. Josette, how are you? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. The answer to the question, are we friends, is that yes, no. She looks, I mean, we can see her on the screen. There was a pause there, Josette. Yes, friends? I think we've become friends. Yes. I think so, we've crossed that bridge So now. for the audience out there who doesn't know, Julie, my wife, co-host here, used to coach Josette. So you don't really have friendships with your athletes well, you right? have a coach athlete relationship but then once they move on you know you either choose to have a continued relationship <laughs> or you choose to go separate ways i think we're friends now i yeah. think we're friends Josette, again yeah are you is she, she Josette's like i this, have to say yes this is awkward no i'm very glad <laughs> we've continued our relationship <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Well, Gisette, thank you so much for joining us. One of the hottest runners in all of America. She's recently run a sub four minute, 1500 meters. She also ran a personal best 1451 a couple nights ago, which I believe is the ninth best American time ever. Is that true? Yes, I'm actually ranked ninth best in the 1500 and the 5K right now. Both in the US. 1500 <laughs> and the 5K ever. Number, number um, so we're going to talk about that and a little bit of your story, but let's go back. So you ran at the University of North Carolina for a couple years, and then Georgetown came calling. Tell us that story real quick. I wanted to visit UNC and I wanted to visit Georgetown before making a decision. I ended up going to UNC and I absolutely loved it. That was my dream school in high school. But after my freshman year, I wanted to stick it out another year. I wasn't sure if this was going to be the place for me for the next four years of my college career. And I stuck it out another year, ran decently well my sophomore year, but my heart was pulling me in a different direction. And I thought if I wanted to be the best I could be as a runner, I needed to make a change. So it was an easy decision to look at Georgetown because that was my second option in high school. And it was crazy because at the time the coach was Coach Mike and 
right when I made the transfer to go to Georgetown, Coach Mike left that same week. <laughs> and I had just transferred to a school without a coach when I almost went in like for a situation of knowing what the coaching situation would be and what I was going to be expecting to get. And that was so crazy because Julie was promoted to head coach while also giving birth to baby James. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a crazy series of events. And I remember in the moment I was like, what did I just do? There were a lot of tears. I think her mom called me crying. Her high school coach called me crying. Josette was crying. So there was the New Jersey connection. So Josette knew who Julie was. Both New Jersey Hall of Fame runners. So you guys knew each other. So Hall of Fame. That's a figment of our imagination. But yes, yes. Yeah. So you knew each other. So you weren't as nervous as you might have been not knowing who the coach was going to be. Yeah, I was excited knowing that it was going to be Julie. And of course, she was from New Jersey. She went to the Olympic team in the 5,000 meters, which I thought that was going to be my event and focus. And I was like, great. Now I have the best mentor I could ever want as my coach. I was really excited to start working with Julie after she got back from recovering from having her baby. <laughs> yeah, that was a crazy summer. I mean, to be in Josette's position where she was leaving UNC, which is a really hard decision. She was coming to Georgetown a week or two after she commits. There's a coaching change. It's a lot of unknowns. So I'm glad that she <laughs> didn't like try to transfer out before she actually transferred in. One part of me when I saw Coach Mike leave, I was like, Maybe I should go to Villanova. <laughs> <laughs> well, it all turned out well. You ended up being an All-American at Georgetown in the 5,000 meters, but it wasn't a straight line. Some injuries along the way. Tell us a little bit about that. We got to talk to Josette, I think, during your fifth year, during your breakout season. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about like the ending of that season, maybe kind of what led into you having that breakthrough season. Yeah, so when I transferred to Georgetown, there was a lot of transitionings and growing pains to go through again. It almost reminded me of being a freshman all over again at UNC, just with all the transitions. And I underestimated how hard of a transition it can be to make changes. I felt like anytime I started to get going, something would happen and set me back. That was really frustrating and really hard. And it took me until my fifth year to really see a breakthrough and finally have consistency under me and regain my confidence. And that was huge and leading to my breakout season where I finished All-American in the 5K in my first NCAA championship. And I continued to run and train with Julie's guidance to go and chase a pro contract and was able to come away with some big PRs that summer that led me to signing a professional contract with the Reebok Boston Track Club, which I'm here now. But that transition was, a lot of it was rebuilding my confidence. And I always say like my fifth year reminded me of how I felt as a high school runner, just running free and confident and nothing was really going to get in my way. And it took me until my fifth year to feel like that high school runner that I was, which is so crazy. And I think a unique experience because that doesn't always happen with runners. And in high school, I was heavily recruited. I was the New Jersey state champion and ran 441. Hall of Famer, <laughs> basically. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even break my high school PR in the mile until my fifth year in college. Going into my freshman year, that was not what I expected my college experience to be like. And I'm just so happy that I stuck with it and still believed in what my potential could be. And that fifth year opened so many doors for me now to even put me in this position today. 
coming into your fifth year, I mean, I think what was so exceptional is that you had pressure on yourself. And even that fall, you weren't even in (laughs) the greatest of shape, right? I think you may have even been coming off of an injury or struggling through. How did you transition over those coming months and not put this crazy pressure on yourself to do something magical? Like you were able to do something magical because you didn't put the pressure on yourself to do that. But most people coming into that final season, having had such great success in high school, would have been like so rigid and so tense about how they're attacking and approaching it. What was your mindset at that time? It was a bit crazy. I was coming off a major injury from that spring into the summer, and I didn't start consistently running until you would say December. Like December was when I really got that consistent base under me. And almost like going home for winter break just helped keep my mind at ease and just focus on myself and putting in each workout and each week. And I was so focused on just trying to get better each week that I wasn't holding that like, this is it. This is my fifth year. This is the only season I have left over me. I was just focused on trying to get better every week. I feel like I've carried that mindset and ability even into my first two years as a professional. Like I've been so focused on just getting better each week. And I feel like I haven't even been able to catch up with what I've been doing because I'm just so focused on like what's right in front of me and not thinking like 10 steps ahead. And that really just took the pressure off in a situation like that. I think that's some of the explanation why we see these photos, like photo finishes of you, like in complete shock when you're coming (laughs) across the line. Maybe you're so focused on the journey and the process that you're like, wait, did I just do that? The first 1451 was complete shock. Uh, (laughs) That sub four race, that was excitement. If you see, I'm actually smiling before that once I realized what I did. But that first 1451, my jaw just dropped because I had no idea how fast we were running in that race. I just wanted to beat every single American in that race. (laughs) But it was so funny because after my race on Sunday in the 5K where I matched my personal best and ran another 1451, I finished the race and I just took a deep breath And the first interview person to come up to me, they're like, where's that post-race celebration, Josette? (laughs) Because I had no emotion afterwards because I was just pretty spent after that race. And I almost was like, wow, I didn't get excited for running 1451 when two months ago I was over the moon excited for my 1451. And that's just been my mindset has shifted where I'm not getting these insane highs off of races and even workouts. Like I used to need and thrive off of those like highs from workouts and now I can just like do the work and move on and like do another workout and with these races I'm just maturing in what is now expected and just putting in the work and I'm not having this like emotional roller coaster because I'm just now consistently running and performing at the level that I want to be. Well that's a lot of raised expectations now. I mean you're taking it in stride though right? I mean you don't feel the pressure of now running under 1451. The biggest transition has really been actually like now I'm on my competitors' radars. Like I would say a few months ago, people knew I was in the race, but they weren't looking at me as the person that maybe they need to be or the person that might set the race up. And I've noticed in the last few races, like since the Olympic trials, like so many more eyes were on me and especially my competitors. And I'm rewatching the races and like, they're doing what I was doing to them a few months ago of like following their moves. And I found myself in the front of this 5k on Sunday and I had never led 
a professional 5K in my life so far. And that was a huge transition. And just, I had to really stay calm and take on that role in that race and not panic that I was in the lead for so long. I finished that race and it just gave me a lot of confidence knowing that I'm in this position and can handle a race like that, whether I'm leading from the front or maybe following people from behind. And um, it's been a big transition, but I feel like I'm handling it well right now. And it's really exciting. For our fans who follow the show, we're referring to Josette as the smiliest runner (laughs) in the uh, U.S. circuit this year. You got to go back and look at some pictures of her finish line photography. Probably starting at the Drake race back in April when she won a 1500 meters and was just like grinning ear to ear with that win. Then we went to the Sound Running Invitational. Was that the track meet where you ran the 1451 Mm -hmm. for the first time? Absolutely incredible finish. She did not win the race. She was second, but she was first American and just a huge moment for her dipping under 15 for the first time. And then the sub four, which happened last week, was it Sunday? Yep. Where she broke four minutes for the 1500 for the first time. So just major, major celebration just written all over your face. And this weekend wasn't quite the same. It was a different way of doing it. It wasn't this like huge moment in terms of big performance in terms of the time, because you basically equaled the time that you ran back in May. But what I thought was so important and impressive about the race this past weekend was the way that you did it. So I was with you. I saw the one in person the first time you broke 15. And that celebration was incredible. But this one was done differently. That was a perfectly paced race by world champion Emma Coburn. And this one was a true racing opportunity where you had to, like you said, lead and really fend off your competitors. So maybe not quite the same celebration, but definitely a huge move for your confidence. What does that look like? I mean, I think what's so cool is transitioning from you being the underdog, right? And this is very new. We're in this moment right now. You've been the underdog. Now people are looking at you to lead. How does that feel? I mean, I know that now people have their eyes on you, but how does that make you approach now the second half of the season your training in this next block that you're going to have before you start hitting some of these races again? I feel like I'm still in the middle of processing it, but the really cool thing and the way to look at it is that I've earned that respect in that place. And that's what I have to remember that it's not a bad thing. It's just a place that I'm in now and I've worked and earned this spot that I'm in. So I almost just want to remember and like keep that in my head as like a positive thing. And now understand when I'm going into races, like maybe that's the expectation and things are like that are going to happen and not let it stress me out or like take away from what I'm capable of, almost embrace it. And that's what I felt like I was able to do in that race in that 5k. Someone asked me like, what were you more excited about the sub four or this 5k? And of course I was so excited with that sub four, but This 5K was extremely important, just like you said, for my confidence and just moving on and maturing in the 5K event. So I really take that to heart. So the Olympics are happening right now. And, you know, someone who's got the ninth best time ever in the U.S. for both the 1500 and the 5K. And our audience is probably wondering, why aren't you in Tokyo? You've never taken the most easy path to success. And here we are again. You ran in the Olympic trials this year, which happened last month, and you were someone who could make the Olympic team. The top three make the Olympic team. 
you did not make the Olympic team. It must have been very hard in the moment, but how do you feel about it now? Take us through the race a little bit, and how do you feel now, now that you've had some time to reflect on it? Yeah, that was um, so tough, and I think ever since the race, I've just wanted to rerun it so badly and do it completely differently, but I've almost just accepted it wasn't meant to be for me this year and that I have to learn from it and take that disappointment and learn from it. And the experience was so new for me. The only championships that I've done is one NCAA championship. I raced at the USA race that didn't have rounds in 2019. And this was just the biggest stage that I had run on to this point. And the moment in the final just got the best of me in that race. Like after the prelim, I felt really confident going into that final, but I think I was so focused on the end of the race. And I really believed that I could win that final. Being so focused on the end of the race made me lose sight of like my strengths as a runner, which is to really excel in that first 3K by not thinking and staying relaxed and staying calm. and. That was the, the first race that I felt like I've actually raced an entire 5K. Right. When normally you maybe only feel like you race the last mile or the last K. Even last week in that 5K, I only felt like I raced the last 1,200 of that race. And that was the only hard part of that race. And trials was just a extreme level of like stress and excitement and emotions. And that with the combination of the heat just made me so fatigued when the move got made and I didn't have anything left to go with the move and that was really heartbreaking in the moment and that last three laps are really tough and you see me get passed in the last home stretch by three people but at that point it was if I didn't get top three I didn't care if I was in last place it didn't matter to me because all I wanted to do was make that team and I took a week to kind of just run and take a few days off and process what happened and talk about it and it's been crazy because I've been able to actually since a week after the trials, I've been able to nail every single workout. My coach, Coach Fox, even was like, I think you're in better shape right now than you were even leading up to the trials. That's so frustrating, though. That's yeah. just so <laughs> frustrating. I mean, you're smiling. You have a good attitude about it. The pinnacle of the sport, and you know, it's not fair, but everybody knows the Olympics. Are you mm -hmm. an Olympian? And the answer is no, even though you're running faster than anybody else right now. Yeah, and I think that first workout back even was so stressed. I was so almost angry afterwards. It was sets of 400s, and the sets were um, like 68, 68, 64. And then in the last set, I was just repeating sets of those. In the last set, I went 66, 64, 60. And that was exactly the kind of cut down that happened in the last 1,200 at the Olympic trials. That just extreme cut down in pace and I was like, I know I could have done it. I was so prepared physically for the trials. And I think that's what was so frustrating because I had my worst race of the season at the most important race of the season. I think I've just had to now remember that I am in such great shape and I'm not going to let my season just be defined of not making the Olympic team. And I think that's what's kind of kept me motivated and going this summer in the last three weeks. And then to put up my two best performances in one week in California. It felt great and like a little bit of redemption, but also it's still been tough and everyone's like, oh man, like you should be on the team. Like other coaches even saying it. I'm like, I feel like everyone's showing me a lot of respect, but it's also hard. Are you watching the Olympics? Are you going to be able to tune in and watch the 5K? Yeah, I will. Yeah. Just mostly just to study it and learn from it.
all season I've been watching other people's races because I haven't had the chance to run at that caliber of a races. So I just watch the YouTube races and try to like <laughs> learn as much as I can from other people racing it because I haven't had that experience myself. Well, we've been hearing a lot about Kate Grace and the summer of Kate Grace. Kate Grace is an 800-meter <laughs> runner. She's an Olympian from 2016. She missed making the Olympic team this season and has gone on an absolute tear. And she's, you know, taking a little break now in, in terms of build up for second half of the season or third part of the season. <laughs> I think we've broken it up into multiple parts now, but I'm going to call this the summer of Josie yeah, and Kate. I agree. Of the two who have gone on an absolute tear since the Olympic trials and the disappointment of the Olympic trials which is a really hard thing to do. And I just want to point that yeah, out. It is. Like to not just succumb to the heartache. I would have quit. I would, and just I be like, I can't do this. Like that I was can't everything. can't believe all the work you did. And then, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. just so frustrating. Yeah. But I think the thing that's so exciting for Josette is like coming into this year, I don't know that Josette even thought that she was going to be a contender to make the team. You that's know, true. And every single time you performed, it was like, wait a minute, maybe I can make this team. And so there's massive amounts of heartache, but how old are you? 25? How old are 25. you? 25. That's been the biggest thing. Like, not that I feel like I've not moved on, but I've been able to almost just like look ahead in the sense that I haven't spent the last five years thinking about the Olympic trials in this moment. I've spent the last month before the Olympics thinking about it. And I think that was crazy stepping on the line that I was actually a contender when six months ago I wasn't even thinking about being an Olympic contender I was hoping that I would make the final and that would be huge and see what I could do there and it's just been a lot of shifts in perspective this whole season that's why I've been able to keep running and performing now after that race because again this season I guess I've passed my expectations already and I feel like there's just still so much more in me and I am young which is something that I'm excited about for what can happen in the next four years of championship. Two plus years ago you're racing out of practices to go do some studying or tests or things like that. Now we're just in such a different spot, which is just really exciting. She, I did a work. Now, this is a very proud moment for me. Pace the Nation always comes back to me. My last indoor track workout, I ran with her. I ran with Josette <laughs> was that at, at Penn, Penn State. State. At yeah. Penn State. This was probably like four years ago. I, I can't he... believe this fat guy sitting here behind this mic was able to do anything with you. Now, I couldn't finish all the intervals, but make it all about I was making you make your keep at that point. Yeah, I'm make like, it Josette all needs me. to work out. You're going for a run. Just yep. hop in and try to help her out. And I remember we got lost on the run before, and Julie got so mad at us, but she couldn't yell at you because I was there. Oh, she did later. Yeah, she did later. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you're right. The perspective totally changes. Julie sent me your times. 1557 was your best 5K last year to now 1451. So, I mean, well, it's Well, last year was 2020. Was, and yeah. There wasn't much happening. Yeah. Everyone's been posting like my PRs in from 2020. I didn't run PRs like my PRs were from 2019, but I technically that was my best in 2020 versus 2021. And it looks so insane and dramatic when you see it on paper. And it looks like it happened like overnight. And that's just not the case by any means. I've been consistently working and being healthy for the most part for the last two and a half years. It's been the last two and a half years that has made those times this year happen, but it looks so dramatic right. from people on the outside. 
it's funny because to me, like they don't know anything that's happened in the last right. two and a half you, years. You look like an overnight success. You're just not when you dive deeper. I can tell you from experience that she's not an overnight <laughs> success. <laughs> So it is the summer of Josette that Julia's coined. What's Josie, next? Josie. Summer of Josie. What's yeah. next on the summer of Josie? This can't be over yet. What's really cool is that the performances that I put up this last week at the Sound Running Sunset Tour has um, gotten my name on a lot more radars. And I've been invited so far to two Diamond Leagues. I'm going to be running my first Diamond League at the Prefontaine 1,500-meter Invitational. So that's going to be so exciting. I didn't expect my first Diamond League to be in a 1,500, so, so but explain here we are. What, what a Diamond League meet is. It's like the pinnacle of all meets, correct? Yeah, maybe Julie can explain exactly. <laughs> She's like, I'm just invited. I'm showing up. <laughs> yeah, the Diamond League is the biggest series in the sport of track and field internationally. Okay, So got it. we have just one now Diamond League in the U.S., which is the Prefontaine Classic at Hayward Field. You'll have a couple laps around Hayward Field by the end of this year. But to be invited, those fields are the best in the world. And so there's not really any preference. There might be a little bit when you're an American at the one American Diamond League. But she's now been invited to two. So she's going to which one overseas? Lusane in Switzerland. So I've never left the country. And the first time I'm leaving the country, I'm going to Switzerland. Awesome. So If she performs well at both of those competitions, she can be invited to the final. Got it. And the final is where? So the final is also in Switzerland at Zurich. So if I am able to put up some points and good performances at these Diamond Leagues, and you don't need too many points to necessarily make the final, two or three races would be enough to get into it if you perform well. You get a chance to run at the Diamond League final, which is what Kate Grace is doing after her Diamond League performances that she put up a few weeks ago. So I'll be working towards that in the 1500. And there's a couple more right before the final. And hopefully I'll get into one more, hopefully the Brussels one to get some more points to try to get that final. But that's really exciting for me and a really big step in my professional career to just open the door into the Diamond League scene. And I'm really excited for that opportunity and to test myself and see what I can do in a 1500 against the best runners in the world. It's cool to see her progression. I mean, it's amazing to see her progression. And I think what's exciting is not to compare myself to Coach Fox, but like Coach Fox's training approach is not this hyper intense type of training. And neither was that for you in college. So a lot of what you're doing right now is building off of a strength-based, strength-centric program. And I think that's what's exciting for her about this next three years to the Olympics, but there's actually four straight years of championships, world that's championships. Right. When you have a young athlete like a Josette, 25 years old, who's a middle distance athlete, we were always kind of concentrating towards that distance, but this girl has foot speed, yeah. clearly. But a lot of that is coming off of light touches of that type of work. And so she's not training her body to the absolute extreme right now. It's with a long-term approach, and it always has been. That's what makes me so excited for you for the next four years, is looking down the line of like, what does this mean for you in your career? You're just getting started. Now we got to stay healthy, we, because I'm on your team. <laughs> Continue to be on your team. We talk a lot. But that was something that really was hard for her in college. Staying healthy was the biggest thing. And sometimes it just takes like a really slow approach to coming back. I mean, if you could see what her form looked like those first two and a half years, but then once you got in a rhythm, all that cleaned up, all that smoothed out, 
And now it's like, I'm not going to make big plays here. But once you kind of get in that rhythm, the body gets in the rhythm, there could be setbacks. But for the most part, you're just heading in the right direction right now. Just so exciting. And and you said four years, but it actually is three years. So that's cool. You got world champs next year and then three years to the next Olympics. That's been such a big thing for me, just like my efficiency and my turnover has also then made my stride so much smoother. And that even has helped me stay healthy because I'm just, I'm not slogging around. Like I'm a very efficient runner. You don't look like me right now running. (laughs) That's for sure. (laughs) What you were saying about the long-term approach, like I definitely feel like I've been in control with my training. I never feel like I'm at a point where I'm exhausted or overdoing it and we've been really gradual in this approach so that's what's been the most exciting part and also the part that's kept me like really fresh and that's why I'm able to keep running right now I think because I'm not burnt out by any means coach Fox always makes the comment that I, he's like I really feel like you're getting in better shape every week and in a funny way it's just like I just feel like I'm finally able to just like absorb all this training and I'm just like absorbing everything that I'm getting right now And it gets me excited for the future because there's still so much that even I physically haven't done that I'm going to be able to do and progress. I have two questions to close out. All right, we're going to get her out of here. All right, one is serious and one is serious slash funny. Okay. Okay. (laughs) The first one is when you talk about your team, when we talk about the team of people behind us, I want to bring Robbie's name into this because mm-hmm. I do. Her fiance. Robbie Andrews is her fiance. Robbie is an Olympian as well in the 1500 meters. Maybe you're gravitating towards that because of Robbie. <laughs> Robbie is someone who is in your corner and has been for years now. And I don't like to overlook that piece of your competitive strategy because at least from the outside, it really appears that Robbie is someone who has helped you, right? Build that confidence and come into these racing seasons, maybe even more confident than you would be without him because he has been there, done that, and he can see that in your training. What has that relationship meant to you in terms of, I think, really the confidence in your progress over the last two and a half years? It's been instrumental, like to my running. He's been such a big part of my success and helping me behind the scenes, whether it is physical and just having that person with me there and also just making my mind sharper as an elite runner and asking him for advice because, of course, he's done what I want to do in this sport and made world teams and the Olympic team. And he has so much experience. And I feel like I'm always asking him so many questions because (laughs) I just want to be able to learn from him. And I think I've surpassed what he even imagined when we (laughs) first started dating. Like if you would have said to him that I was going to be doing what I was doing right now, like, I don't think either of us would have, maybe I would have believed it, but I don't even think he would (laughs) have in that moment. But the support has been huge. Like when we first started dating and I was coming back from an injury, he was just always asking me about my runs and like asking me about running and just so involved in it. And it was really nice to have someone so invested in it and someone I can share this with. And now it's just been so cool to have him with me like every step of the way of this journey. And he's seen me at my worst and my absolute best as Julie has too, which is so crazy. And I definitely wouldn't be in this position without his guidance and support. And the cutest thing I got actually after the race was Robbie's mom sent me a message and she just said, after the fact, 
she just rewatched and she's like that kick at the end just like you reminded me of Robbie and like the <laughs> like the exhilarating races that I got watching him and she's like you are putting on like such a performance and a show for fans and it's so exciting to watch and I was like that's the biggest compliment that I could get compared compliment. to Robbie's Andrew's kick at the end of her race it's, but um, that was a pretty epic kick he's been also just huge in working on my turnover and speed and like helping me with my strides which has been a huge part in just working on that speed and that closing speed and he's actually really guided me and Fox has let him and given him permission to help me in that aspect of my strides which has been huge in just getting sharper and staying in touch with that speed all season long. I love it. To bring it back to me for a second, Chris was a big part of building my confidence. Chris didn't make an Olympic team. I don't think he won number one runner on his team. I ever. won an Arlington 5K <laughs> once. Yeah, I did. It's like a turkey trot with 30 people. Yeah. But just having good. someone that believes so hard in you. I mean, if I had an Olympian on my team, maybe I would have stayed in my career a little bit longer. I, I swear. This is just a side note. I'm way more into running than she is. But one day she's going to walk downstairs. We've got some of her uniform framed. I'm going to frame my high school uniform in a certain certificate that says <laughs> district champ right district. next to her stuff right next to her like olympic trials championship medal i'm gonna do that yeah you, yeah we'll invite you to <laughs> the to unveiling do of yeah, that of ceremony that, yeah. okay oh, man. Yeah. sounds good all right you had one more though okay one so, more right, the last one we're gonna get her out of here so yeah. josette and robbie are getting married next fall okay okay i I'm going to force myself into this wedding party oh, awesome. as okay. much as I possibly can. Smart move. Put her on the spot on the Which show right here. Farley boy will be the <laughs> ring bearer for this she, she does. ceremony. She's got a great relationship with three? the Farley boys. Is it two? Is it the one that's about to be born in a week and a half? Which one is going to be walking down that This aisle? is pressure. This is the hardest you know, question of the day. This has been <laughs> the hardest part of my wedding planning, having to pick <laughs> one of the three Farley boys, and I haven't even met the third one yet. Yeah. You know, he um, could steal the show. We yeah. don't even know. I think all of them are going to okay, have to all be three. in it at this rate. <laughs> I, how can I pick between yeah. these babies? <laughs> I agree. Gisette, it's been so awesome to see your progress, not only this year, but just through the last few years. Congratulations on all the success. Julie and I really do feel ownership and share your success, and it's really been fun to watch. So congrats, especially this last few weeks and last month. It's been just incredible. I don't think we're quite Robbie super fan level, <laughs> but we're like right yep, below that. So yeah. Feel like it's part of the family. So keep it right going. Now. Congratulations. So happy. Oh, thank for you. you guys so much. <laughs> All right. This is really fun. That is Gisette Norris. She is of the Charlottesville Boston Reebok Track Club. She joined us on Pace the Nation. We're going to take a quick break, Julie. We'll be right back after this. All right, welcome back to the program, and thanks again to our guest, Josette Norris, for joining us today on Pace the Nation. Awesome interview. I knew it would go well. You got such a close relationship with her. I was hoping it wouldn't get awkward any times with like the coach-athlete relationship, so no awkwardness. That was good. Good. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why it would get awkward, but <laughs> thanks for I don't know. That. Was there any... I was, I was hoping there was a moment that you like really lit into her. Oh, yeah. yeah. She experienced that in college a few times, yeah. so we're not trying to bring back like yeah. moments of PTSD or yeah, anything like true. that. Just the positive stuff, and the positive stuff is... But that's life, right? That like is. we black out the bad moments, <laughs> right, right? Like right. that's how our brain moves yep. forward. 
she's blocked that out. She doesn't remember the times that I yelled at her. What are you doing or with maybe, this Robbie Andrews? Get him out of your maybe life. Maybe she does remember it, and she really, like, every time she looks at me, she thinks about these bad moments. But She didn't seem to think. I think yeah. that a lot of those moments led to, you know, you never know. Yeah, her success, her character. Yep. Yeah. The positives. I mean, her story is unbelievable. The progressions that she has shown are just not normal. Not an overnight success, but just progressions to the point where she's running as one of the best athletes in the U.S. Yeah. What I think is so fascinating about Josie is like, we all knew her talent. I think the 1500 is shocking me right now. I always angled her towards the 5K eventually. She was a miler coming out of high school, a great miler coming out of high school. Just knowing who she is as a person, I'm so inspired by watching her develop and mature. Yep. You know, those first couple of years, like we were just trying to get over the hump with getting her healthy and in and out of performances and stuff like that. It has just been awesome to see her come into her own because that's what you pray for as a coach, that they're going to be able to see and acknowledge their own talent, but also their own innate ability to capitalize on their talent, that is the hardest part of watching an athlete either take the path that they could possibly take, but most of the time, most of the time, they don't. They never realize that. And I just think it's so exceptional to see where she is right now. I know Robbie's her biggest fan, her mom, the Andrews family, but we're next in line. Yeah, I'll say this, and you can't say this, but She was one of my favorite athletes that you've ever had, and she's just such a good person. I mean, you love all your athletes the same, just like you love the kids the same, but she's one of my favorites, and if not my favorite, and couldn't happen to a a better person, so really excited for her success. All right, this podcast, of course, is sponsored by Pacers Running. Pacers Running with seven area DC brick-and-mortar locations. Pacers Running is for every run. Julie, you got to check out our new website. It's either runpacers.com or pacersrunning.com. Either URL. I don't know how that works, but either URL gets you there. Well, somehow Pacers (laughs) figured it out. Somehow Pacers or the internet gods figured it out. (laughs) Check us out, runpacers.com, pacersrunning.com. It's a brand new website. It's an awesome brand new website. A lot of cool content. We interviewed Sarah Attar a number of weeks ago. Videos of her experiences of her running with our team across the country and different places across the country. Some journal entries from her. Obviously, all the products, the race information, everything you need, runpacers.com. So check that out. I will say that I'm a pretty awful partner if this is the first time I'm checking out the new website. (laughs) There are moments where you could call me an awful partner. But I have been part of the progress, (laughs) at least checking in to see how this website is going. So I will pat myself on the back for just a second. We appreciate the support. (laughs) All right. Great show, Julie. And thanks again to our guest today, Gisette Norris of the Reebok Boston Track Club that's in Charlottesville. Awesome story. Great to have her join us today. Also, thanks again to our team, of course, Rob behind the glass for helping us produce the show today. Max and, of course, Oscar and all the folks here at the Podville Media Studios who do such a great job for us in producing and getting this Pace the Nation podcast out there. All right, Julie, we'll see you in a couple weeks, I guess, hopefully. I'll probably see you in a few minutes. All right. I'll see you. Week by week right now. Depending on when the baby gets here, we will be back and hosting another show soon. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time.